I'm always up for a Wellness Wednesday discussion with Dr. Michael Royson. I'm always up for any discussion with Dr. Michael Royson from the Cleveland Clinic and the man behind so many books like the Age Proof Life books and now the newest one, The Great Age Reboot, which you should find out about it. And you need to go to greatagereboot.com for details. But we've got Dr. Royson here to talk about wellness and health and all that good stuff. Welcome, my friend. It's good to be here, Michael. Yeah, well, when you consider the options, not being here, I, that doesn't really light me up. I'm happy to be on the right side of the dirt every week. So uh, thanks for being here. Uh, Doc, so much great research, and I want to quiz you on it. But I have two, um, two questions that are burning in my head right now. Um, can, I, can I take you off track? Absolutely. All right. I don't, I don't know that we're ever on track. That's a very fair point. God, oh, that was that was so honest. It's so accurate. Uh, yeah, you're right. I I bounce around like a BB in a box car. I know it. It just happens. It's my brain gets distracted. I watched this video of a Los Angeles anchor. She's a weather anchor, and um, it went viral. The newscasters threw it to her to give the forecast, and as they were doing it. Her eyes rolled back in her head and she dropped like a redwood and just went straight to the ground. They went to commercial. And five days later, they come out and say that she came out and said this is like a completely normal thing, or at least it's common. Um, Let me see if I can get this right. You correct me on my medical pronunciation. Uh, Vasovagal syncope. What, What is this? Uh, vasovagal syncope. Syncope. And the, let me start. What what syncope is, is you're fainting. You're not getting enough blood to the key part of the brain that keeps your heart beating and you breathing. And what causes that in this case was a stimulation of the vagal nerve. And the vagal nerve slows your heart rate down. If it slows it down to a high enough degree, your beats are slow. You don't get enough blood there. And the body's reaction to that is to lay you flat, which is to faint, to get the blood flow that wasn't going upstream from the heart up to the brain to get it to go linear from the heart to the brain. That's what Hmm. we think of why we've developed this. But what it is, is it's a two active vagal nerve. Vaso means blood and or the vascular system. So it's the vascular system being affected by the vagal nerve causing you to faint. That's what vasovagal syncope is. And we often see this when people hold their breath, when they're getting their blood drawn, when they're donating blood for the first time, or when they're standing up. So we, that's why we lie people down when they donate blood and why we sit them in a chair and that chair can go back when they're um, getting their blood drawn. So the people who faint when they see blood, that's the same thing? If someone goes, I that's can't the see exact- that's the exact same thing. Wow. Okay. That, and, and it affects a lot of us, huh? 
I don't know the exact statistics, but were said in this article about this woman that it affects a third of us. It probably does at one time or another. That is um, the first time I donated blood for a research study. Um, I know I was uh, sitting in a high chair type situation and you start to yawn. Yawning is a sign of your um, brainstem, that part of the the brain that is the extension of the spinal cord, not getting enough blood. And that yawn comes just like the medulla um, is heart rate and is breathing. It's also gives you that yawn, you yawn. And immediately the person who's drawing blood said, well, I want you to lie down. And that's to prevent you from falling down and hurting yourself. Doc, you caught my eye with so many items in this week's research. I want to try and hit as many as possible. Uh, one of them immediately grabbed my attention, and that was uh, the one um, about nightshade vegetables because I, I believe tomatoes are part of nightshade vegetables, and I love tomatoes. But is it something I should avoid if I struggle with arthritis? So the plants are, nightshades are part of the Solanaceae family. Solanase is a, the substance produced by nightshades that, again, is something that inhibits one of your um, parasympathetic or sympathetic nervous systems. And the one that is known as deadly nightshade is belladonna, which slows things down considerably, inhibits the vagal system or the uh, other or the sympathetic system, belladonna. But in normal amounts, that is, you're not when you eat tomatoes or eggplant or potatoes, it, no big deal, right? And it doesn't affect arthritis. Um, we've got no data, no randomized controlled trials, and there have been attempts at it that show that people who eat nightshades have a higher incidence of any form of arthritis, unless, of course, you gain weight. If you eat so many potatoes that you gain weight and are obese, obesity is the leading cause of osteoarthritis in America. Hmm. So anyway, in, and in fact, in the world. But most of us eating tomatoes or eggplants or um, potatoes, etc., no problem because we don't eat them after they produce the green stuff, if you will. So if your potatoes have turned green, don't use them. Um, and uh, that's the basic message. But there, it, you'll you'll die of other causes first than arthritis. Okay. Yeah, arthritis just makes life difficult for so many people. Um, well, you won't get you won't get it from this. Okay. You'll ha you, you will have a um, the alkaloid tobacco is part of that um, as well, and the tobacco alkaloid seems to fight certain other things. So there is some goodness. Why do the plants have it? Because they're fighting off other things, fungi and bacteria, and that's why they use the solanaceae. Hmm. It's so interesting to me how all of this connects. And speaking of connecting, uh, grip strength. I have heard that grip strength is an indicator of uh, how healthy you are, and not only physically, but also upstairs in the brain. 
Is, is that a possibility? Overall health determined by grip strength? Frailty, that is losing muscle mass, is a first sign or early sign that you're going to develop, uh, you're going to die or have dementia. That is, we lose muscle mass as we age, and if we don't do it, we lose about 1% every two years after age 30. Mm. And that's why we advocate people do uh, resistance exercise, moving um, a weight against gravity, whether it's the weight of your body as in push-ups and sit-ups and squats and lunges, or whether it's the weight of a uh, barbell or whether it's the weight of that they have in many of the machines that help you do the resistance exercise with less risk of injury. But grip strength, that muscle, the muscles in your forearm that are used to grip things are some of the muscles that we don't use for strength training as much and consequently correlate very well with muscle wasting or muscle loss. Now it's a late sign. That is, um, when you have a decreased grip strength, it, it is a sign you're not getting enough protein in your diet, you're not keeping your muscle strong, and when I say it's a late sign, it's a sign within two years of demise that your grip strength has gone so low as, for example, you have troubles with grippers, you have trouble shaking hands, etc. There are grippers. My wife has one of these grippers in the car, and every time she's at a red light, she either uses it on her right or left hand. Alternatively, I actually have um, a gripper in my car as well and do the same thing. So that's a good exercise to do when you're stopped at the red light and don't want to do anything else. Uh, that's a great one. So the gripper is like the two-handled thing with the spring, and you squeeze it, or 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 one of those balls that's very dense, and you ha you squeeze it in your palm. Exactly. Okay, Doc. Before I let you go, um, I I get up every morning, and I want to have the best food to start my day. And for years, we've been told, oh, you got to have uh, either a a bowl of cereal, two eggs, bacon, and toast, and orange juice. What's the right food to kick off your day to be uh, in, in the best possible healthy start? We don't know. It hasn't really been studied that way with the same foods the rest of the day. And let's alternate what people have at breakfast. But most people feel that protein should be a start. That is, you build, and whether your first meal is at 1130 as mine is, or the first meal is at eight or six. Um, the point is you want water or fluid, that is coffee, that is black, or tea, that is plain, that is without sugar, and you want um, fluid. And the second thing you want is some protein with leucine as part of the uh, protein mix, part of the amino acid. That's about our limits of knowledge. And where do you get leucine? Well, it is in eggs and egg whites. It is in fish and meat. So 
the fact that you could have uh, eggs and salmon early is fine. And that's kind of getting a leucine uh, bolus, which helps you build muscle. So one of these days, we'll talk about a new study that came out on uh, getting what we call protein boluses with intermittent fasting as a almost ideal way of eating. But I'll talk to you about that later um, in another session. So eating some protein early and uh, fluid, clear fluid, is probably um, the two things we know go well at the start of your eating day. So there it is. Dr. Michael Risen from the Cleveland Clinic with this week's discussion of health and wellness. And now I'm going to bother you because I do want to talk about uh, food, 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 those 25 magnesium-rich foods, which we all should be eating, the Mediterranean diet. So maybe next time we'll do that. Maybe next time we'll do a deep dive on food and uh, how it makes you better or worse, depending on what you're consuming. Sound like a good idea? That sounds like a radio tease for people come back next time. <laughs> but, of course, they've got to realize that we often go, as you say, off the tracks or as I say, we're never on the tracks. So it may be two or three weeks from now where we discuss this. You know me too well. <laughs> Dr. Michael Rosen is his name. Follow him on Twitter. Great stuff on Twitter and great stuff every week here. Thank you, doctor. Thank you. 